it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Thank you, Mike Ross. Welcome to Leaf Sky, Episode 34, Season 2. Jim Taddy with you for the next half hour or so. Our guest today is Frank Corrado, my broadcast partner on TSN 1050's Maple Leaf coverage. He, of course, is a former NHL player with the Leafs Vancouver and Pittsburgh. And aside from his co-hosting duties on TSN 1050 with the Leafs, also did junior hockey on TSN as well on the TV side. Before we get there, let me pass along this tidbit of information. And guess what, hockey fans? The pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 in any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with the DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 in any NHL team to win. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. The code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. All right, on to the hockey story. This is a game that we all play as the Leafs are out. As you look at the next rounds, round two, round three, and now into the Stanley Cup final, you sort of do a, 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 what I call an, an edit on the movie, and you plug the Leafs in, and then you realize what the deficiencies are, and in some cases you realize what the positives are. But but I don't think that you would project them anywhere past the second round if, in fact, you would do that. That's my opinion. Frank Corrado, our guest today, sort of went down the same road, so let's listen to that conversation. All right, Frank, it's been a number of weeks since we last talked about the Leafs. A couple of rounds have happened. The Stanley Cup final is now on. When you look back on the Leafs, what do you see? Well, I think I see a team that's knocking on the door in a way, Jimmy, but it's hard because when I watch games throughout the playoffs, and I don't know if you do this kind of torture to yourself, but, but I kind of put myself in this position and say, okay, what would the Leafs look like in this series? Yeah. And there's been a few series and a few teams where I'm watching, I'm like, I don't know if the Leafs match up well against these teams. And the ones that come to mind is, I think the Carolina-New York Rangers series was, was pretty physical. And, and, you know, it's not like that the Leafs lack uh, pace. You know, they play with a lot of speed. They play with a lot of pace. But where I kind of see them having some difficulty in series like that, it's just the intensity, right? Like, you, I saw yeah. so many instances throughout the playoffs where, the urgency ramps up, the intensity ramps up, and 
it's the old cliche about block shots and being a warrior and, you know, kind of you get those images of guys on the bench and they're just, you know, they're grimacing because of how hard the game is. And so, you know, that's kind of where I see them lagging behind a little bit. But, you know, when you talk about the Stanley Cup finals that we're seeing now with Colorado and Tampa Bay, there's no question in my mind that the Leafs are a team. They can skate. They can make plays. They can play with those teams in that regard. But there's just a little bit of that intangible. And and that's where where, where I see them lagging behind in comparison to – you know, the teams that have had some success in these playoffs and, and won some rounds. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think my concern is um, uh, when you watch Tampa play, all those little things they do when they're they're down in a game and down in a series. So, so that's the pushback. That's the rally pushback. And I think, you know, if you summed up how the Leafs played, um, you would do it in the course of a game, and they're great when they can control what they're doing and, and control the scoreboard. They can come back. They can score goals. But but they just don't seem to have that that sort of grit in, in terms of digging in and, and coming back and and doing the right things. And that, now that happens in the course of a game, but it also as the series plays out, they seem to lack that that ability to come back that way too. And that's scary for me. Yeah, and I think I think the the thing that separates a team like Tampa is that you know you take even last night for instance where um, they they lose game one to Colorado but they made a game of it and they made a pushback. Right. And, and yeah. at any point in that game, you could say, okay, Tampa deserves to win this game. And so if you have more, more often nights like that, where you're in the mix, even though you're going to lose the game, but you're in the mix and you're there, um, it, you know, it just kind of bodes well for you having a chance in games where, yeah, it might not go your way, but you give a team a good fight. And, you know, guys talk about it all the time, a seven game series, there's little investments that you make along the way and you hope to chip away at an opponent and wear them down. Well, you know, if you win a game and you go into that dressing room after and you're saying, yeah, we won, but they took a bite out of us. Like, we are exhausted, we're beaten up, and we know now the next game we got to bring that same mentality, that same game plan, because these guys are not going to go away quietly. And, and you know, a, a team like Tampa, there's so many dimensions to them, right? And I think the Leafs, yeah. the Leafs are starting to show that, you know, and I think that this year they did a much better job of adding – the right kind of roles and identities, right? So you have players that just, they just play to their strengths. And if they play to their strengths, they give you a little bit of a different look. So I, I like that they added those pieces, but the one thing I want to see is yeah, I want to see them execute better on having those pieces, right? Like there's been times where you and I are doing a game and we're saying, I might have Wayne Simmons in the lineup or, you know, there, there's little things. It's like, why aren't you utilizing the different layers, the different roles that you do have. Because, you know, when you look back at seasons past, you had a lot of the same type of player. You had the small, skilled guy, really speedy, you know. And this year, I thought they did a really good job of adding the bigger guys with a little more length that could still skate and still make plays. But then you almost you almost had too many of the same kind of guy. You had Mikheyev, Camp, Engvall. You know, you can put Kerfoot in there, but... You know, you had a lot of the same players, and then it's like, okay, I know Kyle Clifford got suspended. I know Wayne Simmons took the dumb penalties, but if you can rein those guys in, don't you think there's a little bit of a purpose, a little bit of an identity that they can add to your team? And I always wanted to be – like, I want to see guys that I have to rein in. I want to have to rein you in. I don't want to have to try and get more out of you. I don't want to have to extract – some grit and some determination out of you 
I'd rather have the guy who, you know, especially in a fourth line role, I just got to calm him down, you know, make sure he's, he's playing within his emotions, but I know that he can give me a little bit of a different look when the game gets a little gnarly. Yeah, I have a sort of a different way of describing that. For me, the way I used to describe this was on a job description. If you're actually asking a guy to do just a notch less than he's capable of, so so that you know if, if you had to move him up you could and, and and that sort of makes it fit into the chemistry you've got a fourth line guy who could actually be in the third line but he knows his role and, and and that depth part of the roster is the scary part for me for the least because it is I don't want to say sketchy but it's negotiable isn't it it's it's negotiable because there's guys who haven't really won there's guys who haven't won they haven't proved much at the NHL level well and not to say that Wayne Simmons Cal Clifford like those guys have won but you didn't play those guys. You went, you went with the other guys. You went with the inexperience. You went with who you thought on paper, whatever you looked at, whatever analytics, whatever percentages you looked at, thought was going to give you the best chance to win. But the problem with that is when it comes to the playoffs, you know, when you're looking at one game, like a game six or a game seven, you have to throw a little bit of that out the window. I understand you want to have a, an understanding and um, of, of what to expect from your team. And, and, but, there's just there's there's something about hockey that will always remain um you know intangible and and it starts with you know even as a hockey player when we train as a hockey player we train a little different than the than the, than the football players um and the baseball players because hockey doesn't translate it's a weird sport you play on ice you play with skates and so you know you, you take that mentality and you put it towards things like blocking shots, having a stick on the puck, being in the right area, chirping a guy, you know, a little funny business after the whistle. Those are things you can't really calculate. And over the course of a series, over the course of a game, they can help you wear teams down in certain situations. So I I think there's, I think there was a good job by the Leafs management to identify what they needed, identify some roles and some identities that the team needed. But I think ultimately what I'd like to see next time is stick to it, stick to it and, and, and execute it. And don't be afraid. Like it might be, it might feel a little foreign. It might feel a little uncomfortable, but maybe that's okay because maybe the decisions, the comfortable decisions you've been making over the past few years, it hasn't worked. So it's time, you know, they tell players all the time, get out of your comfort zone, push yourself. So maybe that same thing goes with the coach, you know, play someone that you don't feel necessarily as comfortable playing because Maybe there's an intangible that they bring to the lineup that you don't have. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like what they did last summer. I mean, there's no question that there's, there were some key decisions that were made, and I guess the only one that didn't work out was Richie, and, and they found a home for him and, and got a nice trade there. But, but I think you know, if you took what they did last summer and double or triple it, I think that's what really needs to have happen here. They need a lot of these guys, the third and fourth liners that, that play hard, that work hard, that are relentless, um, and it, it just seems that when you look back over it, they're finding solutions to problems, um, and it's sort of based on supporting the, 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 the big four forwards. But they actually need a lot more, don't they? Yeah, and, and you know what? You have to give credit to, obviously, the management for understanding what the team needed, but also to the scouting staff and identifying good enough players, right? Like, and you talk about Nick Ritchie, okay, you missed on one. But guess what? You rectified it, you moved him along, and you got Ilya Labushkin, a guy who helps your team. And then the other players were all all helpful players to your team. So 
I think obviously this summer it's going to be more of the same for them because you're still in the same cap situation. The cap I think is only going up. Is it a million dollars or is even like it's, yeah, you're not like getting that. enough cap relief. Like you're not getting enough cap relief from the league to really change things up too much. So you're looking at this summer saying we had a lot of hits last summer. Now we need to do that same thing again. And you still have, Ultimately, no matter what you do, you still have the same mentality, the, the same mindset from fans and the fan base. It's like, yeah, well, have a great regular season. That's that's awesome, but uh, can you win a round in the playoffs? Because that's all we really care about. And um, you know, it's it, it's a little bit of a drag to you know to have that kind of mindset because, as you and I know, it was a fantastic regular season. They set records all across the board. Uh, the yeah. team played great hockey, but everyone leaves with the same bad taste in their mouth because you couldn't get past the first round of the playoffs. And Hey, I know you ran into the Tampa Bay lightning, but there's a lesson to be learned there. You think Patty Maroon would play on the fourth line in Toronto? I actually don't think so. I think they would scratch him, but he plays on Tampa Bay and yeah, he doesn't play much seven or eight minutes a night, but the seven or eight minutes he plays are pretty impactful. So Maybe it goes against what, what you believe and what your philosophy is as a team, but there's, there's a lesson to be learned outside of losing to Tampa Bay. Um, there's a lesson to be learned on how they deploy their players and how they incorporate those kinds of role players. Okay, let's launch into Yes Guy, No Guy. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and podcast listeners all over the free world, time now for Yes Guy, No Guy. Yes Guy, No Guy number one, the Leafs are actually further away than you thought. Um, I'm going to say no guy. I'm going to say no guy because, um, they, they showed me that they're willing to acquire players who fit roles and identities. Whereas in the past, I felt like it was a lot of the same of one player. Now they need to utilize them, but I, I think they're, they're not further than I thought. Okay, I would I would disagree, but you know, I'm willing to be wrong on that one. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. Leafs have to do a complete redo in the goaltending department. Um, I'm gonna say, ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna say yes, guy. Yeah. And my reason being is when when was the last time we saw a homegrown prospect? Not not from Toronto, but just someone you drafted or you signed and developed and turned into your goaltender. It seems like around the league, we get a lot of that from other teams. But here in Toronto, the last guy that comes to mind is James Reimer. So I, I think there needs to be just a complete overhaul of that department. And it starts with, you know, identifying the right players. But ultimately, it comes, up, comes down to developing your goaltender to turn into an NHL goaltender. I would agree with that, and they have a number of them. I just don't know what the, uh, the, the sort of the learning curve is on them. I just, you know, the Campbell thing is, uh, I just, I'm not comfortable with it because even if you do come to terms with a contract that works for the team, uh, I don't know that it's going to work for him, and then you still have the same problems you had with him last year. It's, um, I don't know how to say it. it it's just not a, a, a confident situation for me. Well, and if you're Jack Campbell, too, you're thinking, I'm 30 years old. I've only made 5 million gross in my career. Uh, I need to extract every penny I can out of this USA summer because my, first of all, my stock is never going to be higher. And 
this is the ticket for me. This is it. So yeah. um, if I'm the Leafs and, and that number gets a little high, uh, it's, it's see a later to Jack Campbell. This guy, no guy number three, the goaltending coaching change was the right call. Um, well, you know what? I, I, I played and Stevie Briere was there, and, and I think Steve's a great goaltender coach. I think he has a great mind for the game. I think he works on the mental side with his goalies as well. So uh, I have a lot of time for him. Uh, but I will say yes, guy. And, and the reason I'm going to say that is just ultimately when it comes down to it, everyone has a little bit of an expiration date when it comes to hockey, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, whether it's management. And, you know, if the contract wasn't renewed, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Stevie's going to he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to find another job. And, you know, there's a new opportunity for the Leafs to bring someone in who may have a little bit of a different philosophy, may tweak some things. But, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a knock on, on Steve and the job he's done here in Toronto. We saw some great years of Freddie Anderson and so, um, you know, and Jack Campbell, an all-star as well. So, um, you know, I, I think it is the right time for it. But, uh, you know, definitely not a knock against Stevie and what he's done here. Okay, I, I like the way you said that. That was well said. Uh, yes, guy, no guy number four. The Leafs' bottom six was a problem. Well, that I, I'm going to say yes, guy, and that kind of alludes to what I was talking about earlier, is the fact that you had guys that you could mix up and give a little more flair, a little more color to your to your bottom six. You chose not to play them. You chose to play a lot of the same players. And so – it's not, it's not a byproduct of the players that were on the ice. The coach put them in that position. You need to understand that players play to their identities, and you just have six players with the exact same identity on your, on your bottom six. Well, that's what you're going to get. Um, so so I, think, I, I think it was a problem, but I don't think that's on the players. I think that's on the coach. Okay. Um, yes guy, no guy, number five. Somehow, salary cap space has to be created. I, what I had written down originally was, and I reworded it, was one big salary has to go, but that sort of targets the answer. I just think that somehow they yeah. have to create salary cap space, don't they? I think that's the I, I, yes guy, first of all, and I think that the number one thing they look to do every summer is, is create some cap space because you're strapped. You're strapped against the cap. You don't have much room to maneuver. You're, I think they're up to 50 contracts now. I don't know what the situation is going to be going into next season, but I know they finished at 50 contracts. So there's not a lot of wiggle room for them. I think they do a really good job of managing as, as best they can. They're obviously doing all kinds of cap gymnastics during the season and not having your farm team in Toronto helps that. But wouldn't it be nice to just have a couple million to play with? Like just not to be strapped up against it every single day and, and just have a little more freedom to say, okay, let's entertain something. Let's, let's make a little bit of a splash. So um, I, I think that's always going to be a priority for the Leafs, especially with the way they're structured cap wise. Okay. This is, we'll, we'll go out on this answer. And, and I base this based on uh, uh, sort of on what you said about the goaltending and, and everything else. Um, and, and I think this is what has to happen. And you really can't come up with how they're going to do it, but they have to do it. If you're talking about adding two goalies, I mean, that's got to be a, a level of creativity we're not aware of. So I'm, I'm going to say it this way. Yes, guy, no guy. The lease will stun positively this summer. I'm going to say yes, guy.
I'm going to say yes, guys, because Mrazek, I don't see how he comes back. I just don't see how you bring him back. Jack Campbell, I think, will get more money than the Leafs can pay him. So you're looking to bring two goaltenders in, and you're going to ship ship out Mrazek at 3.8. Um, yeah. So that's stunning in a way. That's stunning. And then are you going to do anything on the back end? The back end seems like it's pretty set. I, I don't think you're doing anything weird there. But is there something stunning that can happen up front? Are you going to make a bit of a splash? Are you going to get rid of one of the, the, the big four pieces up front? Or so are you going to sign a big USA? Like you're going to lose Ilya Mikheyev. So you need someone to replace him. And, you know, as you and I know, he's probably going to get six and a half million. I think the price went up even more uh, <laughs> since the season. <laughs> well, for anyone, for anyone who's listening, he's not going to make six and a half million. No. Jimmy and I had a little point going that every every goal he scored down the stretch got him five hundred grand more. So somehow he worked his way up that that much. But um, so I I think I think this is the summer. If, if you're if if you're talking about you know a stunning move, I think this is the summer for it. Yeah, I mean, really, when you look at the, the just the goaltending alone, you know, we, we could always project on. You know who's leaving, but we don't know who's coming back, and I think that's that's the level of creativity. And, and up front, they, you know, without Mikheyev, they've got to do a few things up there. I mean, I, and obviously we we see what what gets into the Stanley Cup final. There's a level of thickness on that roster that doesn't exist right now. So somehow they have to find some bodies. And you know, you could talk about Labushkin and, and probably gone or Mikheyev gone. Well, you found those guys, so you have to find more of those guys. Otherwise, you're, you're sort of stuck with trying to re-sign them, which you cannot do. You have to do it again. You ha- like the, They had a, an A-plus offseason last year, and, and you have to do it again, uh, which is a challenge. And the challenge for the team is, you know, after that, you check off that box. Now it's time to have a really good regular season again and set yourself up to hopefully win a round in the playoffs. So nothing is inevitable. Nothing is a formality. It's going to start with the summer, and you need to be checking these boxes off as the season goes on. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's going to take everyone. And, um, you know, they're, they're in tough. Like, that's a tough division they play in. Everyone in the league's trying to get better, um, and, and success is not guaranteed in the National Hockey League. Frankie C., nice to chat with you again. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Thanks for checking out Leafs Guy, Episode 34. Hope you come back next week for Episode 35. <laughs>